It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021, and you're tuned into the blow off powered by Atmark Media and presented by the Hamid Media Group at channelattitude.com. On this week's show, we're talking Charlotte versus Becky, the Paul Heyman show, G1 finals drama, bound for glory, and Tezakaka Loco Copaca. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the show online at theblowoffpod.com. My name is Jargo PhD, and that's my man. He's the COVID kid. He's the man down under. He's the GAG from the PWSD. He's my man, Jimmy T. We actually got him out of bed for this show. Jimmy, welcome back to your show. <laughs> Did you call me the the COVID kid by any chance? The Drago? COVID kid. <laughs> He's the COVID. <laughs> K I to the D, right? So I mean, I like it. I like it a lot, man. And yes, I am out of bed, fortunately or unfortunately, as it is. But you know what, dude? It's been over three weeks, and I still cannot shake off this shit properly, bro. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Gonna I still dead. cannot shake it off properly, man. It's it's ridiculous. But other than that. I'm happy to be here, my brother. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. We missed you on Rampage Uncaged this week. It was a great show. It was a great Rampage. Me and me and Chris sitting down to talk about that one last night, and we're like, where the fuck is Jimmy? Where the fuck is Jimmy? That was the question of the show. Where the fuck is Jimmy? But now here we are. We're blowing it all off. And Jimmy, it's it's been certainly an interesting week inside of the world of pro wrestling. Uh, we do have a little bit of crown jewel stuff to talk about, but first we got to talk about SmackDown. We got to talk about SmackDown live on Fox because there's some shit hitting the fan, Jimmy. I even reached out to some sources to see what kind of shit is hitting what kind of fan because there's some people that think that this is a work. This is not a work, ladies and gentlemen. From everything that I am hearing, there is legit heat on Charlotte backstage. And uh, Charlotte and Becky, they, they kind of got into it backstage a little bit. They kind of got into it backstage because Charlotte's a bitch. When I first reached out to my source inside of WWE and I was like, what is going on with Charlotte and Becky? You know what the text message said that I got back? <laughs> What's that? Charlotte's a bitch. Oof. You mean sure? You don't mean sure, Flair? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what's going on with Charlotte's appearance right now. And it, it was so drastic, right? It was just like boom, boom, like week to week, which makes me think that it's a makeup job. I think oh, it's definitely. a really, really bad makeup job. Like you, you can't physically change your appearance that much over the course of a week. But, yeah, she does look like Cher right now. But it's, it's I guess I, we've seen this before. And kind of the feeling is that Charlotte feels like she's bigger than what's going on inside of the company. And she wants to do things Charlotte's way because Charlotte's way is better than whatever, you know, the creative comes up with and whatever, you know, that the people tell her to do, especially if she doesn't like it and it doesn't necessarily cast her in the best light. And so she just decides to go off script and Becky didn't appreciate that. Evidently Becky Lynch is a hero, not only to the little boys and girls everywhere, but she's a hero to all the people backstage too. You know why? Because she calls Charlotte on her bullshit. And evidently she did it publicly backstage at SmackDown. Jimmy, the report is Charlotte was escorted from the building by security. I heard, I heard that. And look, oh, this is not the first time these two apparently have had some differences, even though apparently they're, they're best friends, right? Are they not? <laughs> Um, evidently they are not. <laughs> mm, interesting. I think it's Charlotte being frustrated, dude. That's what I think it comes down to. And don't be surprised if she's doing all this just to get out of her contract one way or the other, bro. That's what I'm starting to think it is. I mean, okay. But if I'm WWE and I understand that Charlotte might be frustrated, I get that because I get frustrated when I watch the WWE product too, <sighs> but Charlotte is not paid to come up with ideas. Charlotte is not paid to think. Charlotte is paid to do whatever she is scripted to do. Right. And if Charlotte feels the need to go off of that script and it becomes a train wreck on national television because Charlotte chooses to go off script, you, you suppose those scripts are going to get better for her? I guess there is some legit heat on Charlotte backstage and not just from the talent. 
but from management as well. I've felt like for a while, Charlotte's going to go to AEW. I don't know when her contract is up, but she is going to go. And I think that's probably about the biggest star that AEW could sign. That's not named Roman Reigns at this point. Absolutely. What do you, is Charlotte as good as gone at this point? I think she is, man. I've felt that way probably for the last month and a half, dude. You can see it. I mean, didn't she also have a little shoot incident with Nia Jax as well on Raw just a few weeks ago? I mean, clearly she's frustrated, dude. And she's got a little bit of an attitude problem. Because in, in case you didn't know, she's Charlotte Flair. That's right. And, I mean, it probably goes back to where old man what's been going on with that, obviously with Andrade and AEW. I mean... I think she's as good as gone, dude. I really do think that. But if WWE play their cards right, they can hold on to her, but they got to absolutely give her everything she wants, man. Okay, but you say if WWE plays their cards right, okay, in the history of professional wrestling, has anybody been pushed harder than Charlotte Flair? Anybody. I mean, that includes Roman Reigns and John Cena. Has anybody been pushed harder than Charlotte Flair? You know what, dude? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a really <laughs> no, hard time coming up with right. anybody. Maybe no, Paul right. White. Like Paul White when he debuted in WCW and Penn Hogan like night one to win the championship. Like that's pretty close to where we're at with Charlotte. You, you, you've got a great point because I had to think about it. I, I really thought about it. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't think there is. I mean, they really... Give her everything. I mean, like consistent, consistently, like right? Years. But in saying that, sure, they give her the strap all the time, but then they make it look like a fool too. She will lose it and win it again, and then lose it. And I mean, she's all over the place right now. I think it's best for all parties in this present time just to go the separate ways. I mean, what's it left for Charlotte to do anyway in WWE now? She's pretty much wrestled everybody. There's nothing much for her to do anymore. I say, why not? Let it yeah, go. I, I completely agree. Like, I, I feel like there's just, there's nothing left for Charlotte at this point. She's done everything. Literally everything that there is to do. And yeah, you know, one thing that Rick doesn't get nearly enough credit for, he always knew when it was time to leave a territory. 100% true. It's true, man. He knew he, he never outdone his stay. Maybe in WWE he did. But, but other than that, I mean, yeah, look. I think she should just leave, man. I think it's just best for everybody involved to just go their separate ways. Because right now, not only is she not happy, Becky's not happy. WB don't know what to, what the fuck to do with either one of these girls right now. I mean, it is what it is, man. It, it, it's shocking. It's kind of shocking, dude. I mean, I'm not going to lie. But well, I can see it. She's going. Here's the thing, right? When I really sit down and I look at these companies and the biggest disparity between the AEW roster and the WWE roster is the women's roster, right? Like the, right. the women inside of WWE, while like talent level, I think the two rosters are much closer than people actually give them credit for when it comes to AEW. But the star power inside of WWE is so much greater. Like you've got Britt Baker and she's not nearly as over as like the fifth or sixth person on right. the WWE women's roster. But as I look at expiring contracts, I could legitimately make a case. Charlotte Flair is definitely going to AEW. Sasha Banks wants to prove that she is the best women's wrestler in the world. That is her mission statement, always has been her mission statement. I really think Sasha Banks ends up going to AEW. Can you imagine that shit? Now... The third part of this equation is Becky Lynch. No, Jargo, you're crazy. Why would Becky Lynch go? Well, okay, I agreed, but, you know, Tyler Black was part of that Ring of Honor generation, too. Thank if you. If Seth Rollins were to jump to AEW, is it really so far-fetched that you know Rebecca Quinn would might want to go with Tyler Black. Well, Jago, you hit the nail on the head because you mentioning Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins, 
brings up an interesting point because I don't know if you caught his uh, Stone Cold interview on I the network. Not. I did not. It was pretty interesting, dude. He he pretty much asked him, like Stone Cold pretty much said to Seth, you've done everything there is in WWE. You've won, you know, multiple championships, intercontinental championships, blah, 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 you name it. You've won it, which he has, right? He also asked him, do you see yourself like, you know, working as an agent in WWE in the future, blah, blah, blah. He but he answered, and he answered interestingly. He said, "Look, I don't know if I'll re-sign after my contract. I've still got a few years." No, he didn't say it in those words, but this is what he was clearly implying, right? Like he's basically saying, "I'm not sure if I'm going to sign or not. I could do something else, but right now I'm focused over here." He's still going to be there for the next couple of years, but he's pretty much hinting that he he could very well take off to AEW, dude. I mean, that's what the vibe I got off him. And you saying that with Becky Lynch makes total sense because if he goes off to AEW, I can see Becky following right behind him. So, hey, man, I agree. I totally agree with you, dude. That's not actually far-fetched. I think it's it's something to look out for. So as I look at contracts, like what I think are like gimmies within the next couple of years, I do expect that you're going to have Kevin Steen on the AEW roster. I do expect Charlotte Flair on the AEW roster. I do expect Sasha Banks on the AEW roster, and I could make a hell of a case for Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch. I, Absolutely. And that's insane to even think about two years ago, that this is where <laughs> AEW would be at this point, that, that you can even make a case for that to happen. Absolutely, dude. I mean, AEW is rapidly growing right now in steam, momentum, and as a company, as a whole, dude, I mean, they're coming. They're coming for WWE. And if WWE think they're not competition, well, think again. So what's the answer from the WWE? The Paul Heyman show. The Paul Heyman show. That's what we've got on Friday Night SmackDown. We made the mistake of thinking that this was all about Roman Reigns and the tribal <laughs> chief. That maybe it was about the beast Brock Lesnar and his triumphant return as a babyface. Uh-uh. This is all about Paul Heyman. This entire story is about Paul Heyman. And, and in a funny way, Jimmy, I feel like Paul Heyman's going to be the guy that gets left out in the cold. Like that's what that's the way I'm starting to feel. Like I have a feeling at a certain point, Roman's going to be like, you know what? Screw you, Paul. Like you were trying to screw me in Saudi Arabia. I ain't stupid. <laughs> you like you were just going to leave with the winner. Your best interest is Paul Heyman. You don't give a damn about me, Paul. And so then Paul's on the outs with the Roman, right? And so then he's got to go to Brock, and Brock's like, are you kidding me? No. No, we're not doing that again. And then what's Paul do? And I think that's the interesting part, right, is Paul groveling to both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. What does Paul Heyman – SmackDown has become the Paul Heyman show. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and where does Paul Heyman go after that? Because that's clearly where it's leading to. I mean, surely that's what's going to happen. There's well, no easy but to about it. Crown Jewel. That's where it has to go because Paul clearly throws the title in between the two of them. And Paul's intention is I'm leaving with the title, regardless of who wins this match. I'm leaving with the title. And Roman even shot in that look, just like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? <laughs> And we know Brock ain't going to take none of that, right? Well, like We know that. It's Brock freaking Lesnar, right? right. I, I think Paul on the outs with everybody is the most interesting thing that could happen on SmackDown right now. Yeah, but then where do you go with him after that? Like, what happens? You know what I mean? Like, we spoke about this last week where you bring in that Bordeaux kid maybe that's where he goes. I mean, why not go that way? I can so see that happening. You know what I mean? So unless he goes that way, I don't know what to do with him after that. Unless he's a consultant in the back and we just don't see him on television for a while. But in saying that, where does Brock Lesnar go now too? Being indefinitely suspended. Well, I mean, it's Brock Lesnar. If Brock Lesnar shows up, you're going to tell him that he can't come in. Right. But clearly like he's not signed to make any more appearances. Hence why he's suspended indefinitely. So again, it's Brock Lesnar, like at a certain point, any given moment in time, Brock Lesnar can show up and just like beat everybody up and get into the building because it's Brock Lesnar, you know, 
is that where they're going for WrestleMania? Like, because now I, I I feel like Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania is a very real possibility. If Dwayne's not around, Brock and Roman is it, again. Well, Jugger, maybe we're hoping too much for Dwayne to be around. Maybe all this time he was never going to be around. So I think we are probably going to go to a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns match once again at WrestleMania. I have always thought that if Dwayne's coming around, it's going to be in LA. It's not going to be in Dallas. You're 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 <laughs> still a year away from Dwayne showing up. Well, the last time they were in Dallas and they did WrestleMania, he was there, wasn't he? So, yeah, but it's it's Hollywood. It's Dude. so fi. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it. I, I don't think I don't think Dwayne's taking the uh, the the Texas payday. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think the same thing, dude. I mean, I just don't see it happening. Not this time. It's true, dude. I agree. 100%. Let's, let's talk a little bit of G1 final. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I, I said this on Twitter in a weird way. This entire thing is kind of a perfect metaphor for this year's G1 climax. You know what I mean? Like, So Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi go out and they're having a hell of a match. I things are going really well. It's like a, a great freaking match. And Kota Ibushi, like the lunatic that he is, goes up to the top rope and he goes for the Phoenix Splash. Now there's a lot of connotations when it comes to the Phoenix Splash that go to Kenny Omega and the Golden Lovers and the the parallel paths that they both have been on and how neither one of them are nearly as good without the other one. There's there's all kinds of storylines going on here and sure enough the Phoenix Splash bites Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Again. Except this time it wasn't really supposed to go that way. Uh, Jimmy, the reports that I am hearing, we're looking at three months without Kota Ibushi, which seriously puts Wrestle Kingdom into serious question. So now we have Kota Ibushi on the shelf. We have Tetsuya Naito on the shelf. We have Shingo Takagi as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. We have Kazuchika Okada as a very disgruntled G1 Climax winner. We have the person who's going to challenge him for the briefcase, Tamatonga. Who I, I love Tamatonga, but this, this is the guy who's going to challenge Kazuchika Okada for the main event at, at Wrestle Kingdom, Tamatonga. And now Okada is talking about how he is the IWGP heavyweight champion. Not the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. The IWGP Heavyweight Champion, which immediately brings back fond memories of the version four and the Intercontinental Championship as well. Jimmy, there is so much absolute miserable horse shit <laughs> going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. I'm going to be sitting down with the vet. We're going to do a full episode of Destino on the G1 Climax and kind of look at everybody and kind of kind of grade them out. What did you think of the final, the, the way that this all went down? It's almost poetic. Like you lose Tetsuya Naito the first night. You lose Kota Ibushi the last night. It's a mess, bro. It's a freaking mess. And in the meantime, we've got a bunch of main event talent in the United States that evidently are not going back to Japan anytime soon. <laughs> like, why is Jay White still in the United States? <laughs> well, first going of all, insane with this. Like, yeah, I Jay White. Me, me too, dude. Who's Jay White anymore? Like, it's like he's starting to be forgotten, if you know what I'm saying. But. Back to the G1. First of all, I just want to say you called it. Okada was the one that was going to win it. That's great. We You saw that coming, so I'll give you kudos for that. Now, with Ibushi and the Phoenix Splash incident, you know, I was reading all online. The moves. 
of all the moves. All the moves. It didn't look as bad at first, oh, like dude. to me. The only I know thing he that hit first than that was Lance Archer's freaking moonsault on dynamite. <laughs> Shout out to Lance. I hope that you're feeling all right, buddy. Get a hold of me because that was nasty looking. That that definitely was nasty. And shout outs to, to to Lance Hoyt because that was crazy in itself. But um, but back to Kode Bushi, dude. I was reading online that people are starting to think this is somehow a work. Believe it or not. Oh no, you're insane. I've, I I I Kode Ibushi was in so much pain. Right, and but people are. No starting- <laughs> I don't know why people are saying that online, but it's crazy that people are even suggesting that. And lately, I know Kote Bushi's always been kind of reckless. Let's be honest, Jago. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, has, he right? is the epitome of the backyard wrestler. <laughs> like if the young bucks, class. if the young bucks <laughs> had a, a four-way with the Hardy Boys, out <laughs> would pop a Japanese Kota Ibushi. Like oh. he is the epitome of self-trained backyard wrestler. Like reckless is absolutely a good adjective for Kota Ibushi, unquestionably, and that's one of the reasons that people like him so much. Right, but 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 lately though, he's been very clumsy, dude. Like I mean, he's been doing some shit that's getting himself fucked up. If it's not COVID complications, it's in the ring. I don't know what's going on with Kota Ibushi right now, but. Man, hopefully he's better. He has it a was a bad heart, Jimmy. He has a broken heart. <sighs> he has a right. Hey, well, let's be honest, right? Since Kenny's been out of the picture, has he truly been the same? Has Kenny been the same? Right. Like now, both of them. Like, have you ever seen like the anime Your Name? No, no, I haven't. But okay, so so you've got like this boy and this girl, and they're falling in love, right? And the whole problem is they they exist in completely different dimensions. And the only way they can see each really? other is when the light like perfectly lines up wow. and they get like just this like fleeting glimpse. Right. That's pretty cool, man. It's really, really cool. But it, <laughs> I, I very much feel that. like it's Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega <laughs> at this point. Wow. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're star-crossed lovers that exist in completely different dimensions and they just can't stop thinking about one another. That's where we're at with this story. Like both fucking crazy. That's it, crazy. It really is. Like when you think about it, but but are they self-aware of this shit, do you think? Like are they purposely trying to build a little story between themselves that nobody else knows? I mean, I've felt that way for years. I know. You, you years have. at this point. Absolutely. So uh, that's why I'm not sure what to think. Like is this all done for a reason? Is there a point where we're going to get the Golden Lovers back together again, which I'm sure will happen eventually? But, man, Koda, man, he needs to change something. He needs to settle down, man, because, like you said, it's crazy that you even said he's like a backyard wrestler in many ways, right? Think about that. Right? But now that when you said that, it's true. Like, he really is, except I look at him like a classy version, right? I don't know what you do with Koda Ibushi right now. In in one way, it was a blessing in disguise for Okada, I think that that happened like that in many ways because people would have been fuming either way. If Gota won, people would have been cursing. Let's be honest, right? With Okada winning, people understand why Okada won, but even that, people aren't happy. And right now, a lot of fans are not happy with New Japan Pro Wrestling, dude. Well, I I understand that. I completely under, but I feel like these are two completely separate issues. Right, and, and and this is actually one of the things that has been driving me absolutely insane. American fans expecting New Japan Pro Wrestling to cater to their freaking needs. Like I saw somebody make the comment that the G1 final should have been you know, Zack Saber Jr. versus Jeff Cobb. <laughs> now, I love that match. I want to see that match. That's not a G1 final match. It's it. It's not because the Japanese business model, they still have to put asses in seats and the Japanese people going to the show aren't going to pay to see Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb. 100% agree. They're not going to do it. And that's what the Western fans don't understand. It's not about us. They're thinking money-wise, right? And the Japanese know the difference between a big megastar in their eyes and someone that's not quite ready yet. You don't put two guys 
that that the Japanese fan base don't look at like that they're on the top of the card just yet, right? That's a big mistake. Sure, one of them can be in a final up against an Okada or, or whoever, right? But you can't have two of them in a final. It just right. talk about anticlimax, pun intended. You know what I'm saying? I just it wouldn't work. The other thing I don't get is, oh, I'm so sick of Okada. What the hell is wrong with you people? Number one, he was champion for 720 days. (laughs) It was a historic championship reign, right? One of the most historic championship reigns of all championship reigns throughout all of pro wrestling history. The contenders that he was putting down during his 720 day reign as the king of pro wrestling. He loses the title, does not get a rematch, and he goes roughly 18 months before he challenges for the title again. He loses that match. Now, we're talking six months later. So you're a full two years since he lost the championship off of a historic reign and you're pissed off that he's worked his way back into the main event? Really? Like, how long does he need to be out of the main event for you to be okay with this? Like, I understand, like, it was a long championship reign, and it the Okada character very much like the Nick Aldis character, very much like the Ric Flair character, very much like Jay White, they play champion well. They're at their best when they have a belt around their waist. The character works the best that way. Why should Okada not be in the main event? It's Wrestle Freaking Kingdom. He's the biggest star in the cup. He's the face of, he carried the Olympic torch. (laughs) Absolutely, he did. That's true. You know, I think people are frustrated, dude. I can understand where, where the fans are coming from. I'm not one of those people that, they think, oh, Carter, you know, he's winning again. He's going to win the title or whatnot, right? I, that's not me. But I understand where they're coming from because as dumb as it sounds, sure, it's been two years since he's had his last run, but it kind of feels like it wasn't two years ago, though. Does that make any sense? It's because it's Okada because you still right. see him as the top guy. Exactly. Because he's Okada. Exactly. And there's your answer because he's freaking Okada, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know I mean? how dare he go out there and have a great match with Yoshihashi in the fucking main event of a fucking Corrigan show? <laughs> Yoshihashi. Like, because he's freaking uh, Okada. Like, how many bad matches have you ever seen Kazushka Okada have? Never really. Even, like, a bad match for Okada, you're talking like three and a half stars. You're, yeah. you're let down by a three and a half star match out of Kazushka Okada, and he'll get it out of freaking Yujiro Takahashi. Look, you know I think I mean? no, I agree. I think it's more got to do with the same old, same old, right? And like, that's like, what uh, New Japan needs right now because New Japan, right now, for the last really since they came back from the pandemic, right? It's been freaking chaos, man. It really has, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You, you know what this company needs? It needs the belt on Okada. It needs Okada to hold that belt for three freaking years <laughs> and just be, you know, that sign of consistency, the standard that is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, that you know, the undercard might not be that good, but you're going to get a five-star main event. You know why? Because Okada's got the belt. You know well, what I mean? Like, that's what New Japan needs right now. They, they truly do because a lot of their big stars are trapped in the States right now. They're in limbo. You know what I mean? I mean, and then you've got... Unfortunately, Tagaki, we got Shingo, right? I mean, I love Shingo, but he ain't over. He's just not. No one gives a shit, bro. Not the Japanese fans, not the Western fans, really. This seems like no one gives a shit. G1 since like ever. Well, like since I really got into New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, this was the cool, like, nobody was talking about it. No one, it's true, dude. Shows it's it's true. No one, no one gave a shit. Who was talking about it really online, bro? Nobody. Nobody. Up until now, up until what happened with the final, people are starting to talk again. Disaster strikes. Right. Absolutely. But it's true, man. No one gives a flying fuck right now about New Japan or the G1, and which is sad. 
It, you know what I mean? It, it really is sad. Look, I don't think it's the fault of Gato or Jado. You know what I mean? It's just it's, well, no, their hands if, are tied right now, dude. If you actually watch the tournament, the matches were good. Right. The matches were really good. Like Okada's going out there having Okada matches. Dude, Tonga is going out there and just burning the freaking house down all of a sudden. Like he, he thinks he's Seth Rollins. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. out there going on, just putting on a freaking yeah. clinic. It's, and it's see, absolutely insane. When you talk about all that, though, it was a pretty good G1 up until the end. It was a That's good what- G1 and everybody just kind of shat on it. It's true, dude. Unfortunately, the wheels really fell off towards the end of the tournament, man, and and it fell off in a bad way. And I hope because New Japan lately have been getting a lot of slack, dude. The last few sort of say your last six months, they've been getting a lot of slack, dude. Then let's be let's be real, you know what I mean? I just hope they recover from this. The pandemic has really hit them badly. On top of that, the injuries have been the, their wrestlers have been getting as well hasn't been great. I just hope. Uh, I don't know what direction they're going. They're clearly going the Okada direction. But as you said, I think we need to go that way because Okada is on a whole different level when you look at the current roster right now competing in Japan. And part of the problem is they're running so many shows. That too. That's part of the problem because when you're only getting like a third of a capacity inside of these arenas, they're trying to run three times as many shows. And so now the answer to all of their injury problems and and this bug that's going through, I mean, some of these guys are being held together by freaking duct tape at this point. Literally the answer to this problem, we're going to run two more tournaments and we're going to run them simultaneously. See now, so now we have best of super juniors coming up and we have world tag league coming up at the same time. So it's basically like Monday, best of super juniors, Tuesday, world tag league, Wednesday, best of super juniors, Thursday, world tag league. And I'm just like, dude, I can't watch all these shows. Well, that makes two of us. And what I don't understand, why can't they just accept it? Like I'm talking about new Japan here. Why can't they just accept that this is the wrong time to be doing this shit and just turn it back a little bit, man. Because Because that's how they make their money is off the live gate. That's the problem. And when you're only running a third capacity, you're only making a third of the revenue. Hence why more shows, right? And so they run more shows and then you overwork the talent and then the talent gets hurt. And that's very much starting to take its toll on this roster. So what do you do in a situation like this then, Jago? I mean, surely the morale in the back right now can't be that great. It's got to be surely. And, and the thing saying? is, the, and the thing that sucks about all of it is the booking is good. The matches are good. The stories that they are telling are good. And it's just a shit situation. You know what it I mean? Is. It's like you come home from work and you're just pissed <laughs> off at the world. And there's nothing you can do about it. And And, and the wife is like, <laughs> Why are you so mad at me? And it's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm pissed off at the fucking world right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the world is pissed off at new Japan pro wrestling. And they just, they can't do anything right. Every time they try to do something right, something else falls apart. Fuck you know what crazy. I mean? And it's just, they can't win. They nah, can't, right they, they need a win right now. Big time, bro. And I don't know what that is. And I, I don't know if they've got anything up their sleeve, but if I was new Japan right now, I'll be banging on AEW's frigging door big time, bro. I'll be kicking that door in right, right now because I think if there was a time to let out a bat symbol, you know what I mean? But think of the bat logo as AEW. It's frigging now, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They need AEW's hand right now, in my opinion. Maybe it's a bit controversial, but I think they really do, man. They, they made another decision this week that I'm really kind of like, Why? And it was a great promo. Jay White has thrown down the gauntlet to Tomohiro Ishii in a fantastic promo that nobody saw. <laughs> Jimmy T, he wants Tom, Tom, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Tomohiro 
to come to the United States because for what we really need to do is get, you know, more good Japanese talent out of the country. <laughs> so Ishii is going to come to the States and challenge Jay White for the never open weight championship. And the stipulation is if Ishii does not win, he can never get the play on words, never challenge for the never open weight championship <laughs> ever again. That's the stipulation that, that Jay White has thrown down to Tommy, Tom, Tom, Tomohiro. <laughs> the promo was great, but unfortunately I don't think anybody saw it. And I just, I feel like this is a bad idea. Can I ask you something before I talk about that part? So let me get this straight. The Japanese wrestlers are able to come into the States, right? Yeah. But once they're in the States, they can't go back to Japan. I mean, how does that work? I don't know. That's what I I'm confused, bro. I'm confused. You know what I mean? Not the only one, man. So once they leave, they're, they're, that's it. They can't come back. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. But. <sighs> well, like, the ones that are bothering me right now is like Finn Juice. You mean to tell me right. Finn Juice can't get into. You're, we're going to run World Tag League and Finn Juice ain't even going to be a part of it? <sighs> really? That's like the only time I want to see Finn Juice. I, I don't understand, bro. Like, I need to look into Japanese, uh, what's going on with the COVID protocols over there? Because oh, it seems dude. like it's one way, like you're stuck in or you're there's one way out and you're out. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Including their citizens. So I'm a little confused on that. If that's the case, maybe New Japan should just bring all their fucking roster and, and, and all this shit maybe into the States and just run shows from there at the moment. Is that possible? And yet... As we say all of this, there's one talent who managed to find his way into Japan. Now, granted, he is Japanese, and granted, he is a Japanese citizen, but, you know, he runs the L.A. Dojo. Jimmy, we got yeah. to see a five-minute UWF-style match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Kasatori Shibata, and that this is the first time that I have heard an audible gasp from the clap crowds. Shibata's music hit, and people were like, oh, what? Shibata? Really? What? <laughs> and him and Zach go out there, and they, they, they put on a wrestling clinic. Shibata's not coming back. Shibata can't wrestle. I was very uncomfortable watching this where are you at? Like, did you enjoy this? Were you holding your breath? Like, what, I, how do you feel about this? Well, first of all, if you've noticed lately with Shibata, he's kind of been getting the itch, dude. He's been inserting oh, I know himself. He's got the itch, but he cannot right. wrestle. He cannot, he cannot wrestle. Like the, thought... the, the, this like UWF style, like I'm down with that. But the first time somebody hits him in the head, I'm going to be holding my breath. Well, he had look at part that. of his skull removed. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. That's fucking crazy, man. I, he cannot wrestle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nuts. When you look at it like that, that that's fucking nuts. But I did enjoy the match just quietly. I thought it was great. But I've got a bad feeling that he's going to make a comeback, dude. I just they He's been doing him. too much shit lately that I just don't see any, any other way. Like I see it, I see him making a comeback. I don't know how that's going to work if it does happen, but the dude wants to wrestle, man. And you know how Japanese wrestlers are? They don't give a shit, bro. They're willing to die in that damn ring. I know that's what worries me. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if he's not careful, like you said, they took a piece of his skull out. I that's fucking nuts. Right, this guy like, is either dumb or he's got balls of steel. I don't know what the fuck it is, or but both. or both, right? Or both. I mean, I love Katsuri Shibata, man. I've always been a fan of his, but man, ever since he got that injury, bro, he's never looked the same to me. Like physically, mm -hmm. he's looks different, dude. It's not the same Shibata, and that's what really worries me, man. But look, that's on him. That's up to him. If shit happens. Maybe he dies a happy man in that middle of the squared circle. I hate to say that, but it is what it is, right? I mean, do you see him coming back? Because it seems like something's no. happening, dude. Can't do it. Can't do it. 
I enjoy these exhibitions. I enjoy right. this. Like, like because Zach ain't going to go out there and punch him in the head. Absolutely right. Zach, He's the, Zach the knows what this is, and Zach's good enough that he can go out there, he can work with Shibata, he can make Shibata look great, and, and be so incredibly safe with Shibata that, like, I trust Zach in that style position. Then what about that little Bullet Club incident with Shibata as well? I mean, what happens with that? I don't know. Because you see I what I mean? Like, I feel like you have to address it. And Kenta is the kind of person that's going to kick him in the fucking head. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. Mean, like, that's true. Right. <laughs> it's true. But, but then why do that if we're not going to get anything? That's why I'm starting to think. Can't do it. I hate to say it, bro, but maybe. I don't even think I don't think I could watch it. I had a hard time watching this thing with that. I mean, I, I remember the sound that shibata's skull made when it contacted with okada's and it was one of the most disgusting things i've ever heard in my life i mean i can't do it i can't he's he's almost into chris benoit territory for me to where i can't i just like i cannot watch a benoit match i just i cannot do it and i'm i'm coming to the realization i'm right there with shibata too Shit, that's a big call, bro. But I feel you. I, I totally understand where you're coming from because it's just silly. Like, he does look physically different. I, I, I have to say it. I'll say it again. He looks physically different. I, I don't know if it's because of that injury, but clearly it is. He's not the same Shibata. I get it. He's He wants to do something. But, man, for your own sake, has he got a family? Do you know? Is he married? I have no idea. See, that's the thing. They're good at hiding their, their personal stuff, right? They're very good at doing that. If he's got a family, he should fucking think about his family, man, because... Yeah, I literally know nothing about Shibata. It's true. Other than he runs the LA Dojo, right. and he used to be a really good professional wrestler. Like, that's that's pretty much all that there is to know about Shibata. It's, it's crazy, man, because I don't know shit about him either, like, when you think about it, right? So... Man, I don't know. Look, if it's his decision and he's really wanting to do it, if shit happens in a ring, man, I mean, I don't know what to say, man, but I guess he'd be happy, I think, right? I mean, geez, man, he loves his business. He wants to do what he loves doing, man, and I, and I get it. I understand, but, man, he's he's asking for it. I hate to say it, man. Speaking of asking for it, that's a great segue <laughs> into our next topic. Bound for Glory went down last <sighs> night. And so they get Christian handed to him on a silver platter. Kenny Omega drops the Impact Championship to him. So, send you kind of a legacy Impact Wrestling star. Didn't hear anything about what was going on with Christian and Impact Wrestling. You know, pe people thought that, you know, like, I, I would have thought that Kenny Omega would have raised their profile a little bit. And it's like, well, you know, since Kenny lost that belt, ain't nobody talking about him. <laughs> nobody. He, he clearly did raise their profile. <laughs> and and we just didn't notice. Because exactly. now nobody's talking about him. <laughs> no, nobody. So to all the haters out there, they'll say Kenny didn't move the needle. Get the fuck out of here. He moved it. It just went only about that far. Watching the video about that far. Doesn't matter. He still but moved it. it. Still That's what matters. That right. Exactly. He still moved it, dude. So this impact crap, whatever you want to call it right now. Oh, look, it wasn't a bad show. Let me get that. Let me get that straight. But we had Josh Alexander being Christian, right? And I was excited about that. Because, I mean, if anybody to me is like Mr. Impact right now, if I'm going to tune in to Impact to watch anybody, it's Josh Alexander. I think he's fantastic. I agree. But then we have Moose cashing in these wannabe money in the bank. And if there's anybody that <laughs> I don't want to watch on Impact Wrestling, I'm it's sorry, Moose. it's Moose. He is and just I totally so, understand he's that. so tired to me. Yeah, no, I agree, man. He needs to go to another company, first of all. But no one's going to get him. This is what people don't understand. I don't know if people realize his history, right? I mean, you, do you know his history, right? WWE had the chance to sign Moose and passed. That, that's all that you need to know. Right, but do people know why nobody wants to really pick him up? That's the thing. People are all screaming, he should be in WWE, he should be in AEW. Why isn't anyone picking him up? Well, look into it, people. There's reasons for that. There's reasons for that. And that, and this is exactly why no one's picking him up. And he's going to be an impact guy f for life. I hate to say it, but it is what it is, right? 
but that and, means know, that he has to evolve <clears throat> inside of impact right this is the same moose that i was watching in ring of honor <laughs> yeah except for the song right when he used to come out moose and the That's song the was over. It People was. Like it was. They like doing the moose thing. Nope, I, got rid of that. Yeah, well, hey, man, I prefer him in Ring of Honor. Put it that way. I prefer the moose from Ring of Honor than this Impact version easily, right? But in saying that, why did they have to do that? They should have let Josh Alexander have his fucking day and let him fucking pass the ball to him and let him run with it. This reminds me of Yokozuna, Bret Hart, circa 93, yeah. bro. That's what it reminds me of back in WrestleMania 9. You know, with Hogan, Yokozuna, and Bret Hart. Hey, don't be surprised if Hulk Hogan comes out of the back and pins Moose. Like, that would not <laughs> surprise me. At this point. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Broken would back and all, shocked? bro. Brother. <laughs> no, I would wouldn't, actually. Shocked, I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. But it's true, man. Like, as many steps forward as Impact took, they took 10 steps back with Moose freaking cashing in, man. So, I mean, this is the company... That just won't die. I, I want it to die, man. I really do. I'm just so sick of this company right now. Just get away from me. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore with their stupid with their stupid decisions sometimes, man. Sometimes I wonder, do they want this company to succeed? I don't fucking know anymore, bro. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, and yet it really is. Those impact supporters. And <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll hear from all 12 of them. <laughs> A track Brown is track friends. exactly. track Brown is friends with every single person that watches Impact Wrestling. I firmly believe this. Oh man, I, I found the funny. Believe it. he was trying to tell me one day that it was trending. He's like, just go up to the search bar and type this in. Oh my god, dude! And, I, and, and so I did. I did, and I go, I go to the <laughs> post right, and it shows me all the people that are talking about Impact. And you know what it said? Is friends with track Brown. His friends. Oh no! His friends. With, like, <laughs> he is literally friends with legitimately every single person. All twelve. Oh that man! That one. <laughs> you make me laugh, bro. I found it ironic that we both mentioned his name right at the same time, man. So shout out to A Track Brown. We love you, bro. But come on, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Oh so let's, man! Let, let, let's talk about this word that I haven't learned how to say yet. What's that? Tis catlipoca. Tis catlipoca. <laughs> you know what tis catlipoca is, Jimmy? <laughs> I've got an idea, but I don't know what it, exactly it is, though. <laughs> it is the Aztec god of death. Okay, cool. I think it sounds better just saying it in English, bro. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. But so this is what I'm going with, right? I love this. I love this. I was talking with our friend Chris. Shout out to Chris last night on the Rampage show. And I kind of came up with this idea. I love the idea of Malachi Black and Andrade together. Because why? Because when you look back into like Aztec and Mayan mythology, right? There is some crazy, dark, voodoo, creepy kind of stuff going on there. Andrade right. cannot cut a promo in English to save his freaking life. True. I like this pairing. I think these two guys could do some really cool stuff. Pulling from that Mexican heritage mixed with the House of Black. I like this, man. I think this could work. I think this could actually be really, really good for both of these guys. And people just seem like they're shitting on it left and right. Well, I look, think I'll this be, could be cool. I'll be honest, Jago. The cast not out of the bag just yet for me. I have to see where this goes first before I give you a definite answer. Because at first glance... I see what you're saying, but, like, at first glance to me, like, why are these two together? Like, why? Like, I mean, with Andrade, they've been all over the place, dude. One second with the Lucha Brothers and then next thing you know it, Pac, Pac, whatever you want to call him, and now you got Alistair Black, Malachi Black, whatever his name is. Like, where are we going? What's the 
end game, though, be this. Are they going to be tag champs? No, I think they start a faction. I think they does that start- include the Lucha Brothers? Ideally, be- ideally, right? Because if you're going to have ideally. a dark faction, it only makes sense to have them involved. Then we can have Penta Black again or something, right? I mean, dark, yeah, Penta Pentagon Gone Dark. dark. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and that's kind of where I'm going with this. I mean, like, I think of all the cool shit that they did inside of Lucha Underground, like built around like the ancient Aztec. Right, right, absolutely. And then you add Malachi Black and his methods of storytelling and the occult and everything that they're into, and you start looking into like that darker side of that culture. I think there's some really cool stuff that they could do here. Some really cool, dark, deep kind of shit. I like. I hope it. so, dude. I hope so, but I just don't know yet. You know what I mean? You know is what the Malachi Black- part of the equation is? What's that? Mrs. Malachi Black. She well, would link the whole thing together, wouldn't she? Oh, see, that makes sense, right? Totally. Because, you know, she was Andrade's manager. You got Malachi Black. Unfortunately for her, though, she has already signed a multi-year contract with how WWE. Long, do we know how long this contract is? I could have sworn it was a, like a three- to four-year deal, dude. Uh, that's what I remember reading. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines, man. I'll look into that, though. Because, I mean, like, not to go too Wyatt family here, because there's <laughs> clearly a lot of comparisons that you could draw, but... right. You could do something like a sister Abigail figure. Definitely. You if, could if, you could have some kind of female that's pulling the strings and they just refer to her over the course of however long this contract is and just let people piece together the fucking dots, right? I mean, right. Andrade's former manager, Mrs. Black, like, okay. Clearly, we see where you two guys like hung out and became friends. Like, yeah, this absolutely. checks out. This makes sense. If you have her involved, hell yeah, I'm down for it, man. Because well, it makes even if total she's sense. not involved, but you have her tray that right, she is. right, right, and call her Mrs. Black. I think that would be perfect. Mrs. Black, there you Mrs. go, Mrs. Black, in the background, playing with the strings, bro. The Papa Master of these guys. Only if she's got a short term deal with WWE. That would work. If she's got a long-term deal, though, like how, how long, long can you do this thing? Right. That? Right. That's the problem, man. And I think it makes total sense because I know you can't call Pentagon Pentagon anymore, right, because of Lucha Underground, right? So you can't call him Pentagon Dark, but you can call him Pentagon Black, right? Right. And it makes total sense to call him Pentagon Black. So Ooh, and and I like the Black Phoenix. I yeah, do, fuck yeah, I hell yeah, like bro, that. that is fucking awesome, dude. Black Phoenix, Penta Black, Mister Black, Mrs. Black, and Andrade. The Black Mask. The Black Mask. La Sombra. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's dude, so much cool that- shit they could do here, man. When you put it like that, it's cool. See, we just put it. We made it cool, bro. Like just coming up with that plot and putting everyone. It makes total fucking sense. When you put it like that, dude, it makes total sense, and it brings a smile to my face thinking about it. But you have to have all those pieces fall into place. I'm hoping it's a short-term deal with Zelina Vega. If it is, write it out for like you know a year if you can somehow. But I'm I'm just not sure. The only way for her to get out of her contract is cause a big stink up, dude, and start talking uh, union again. I'm sure that will get her out of her contract. Man, now I'm, I'm sitting over here and I'm like pro wrestling fascinating right. what this this house of black could look like a year from now. And let's say let's let's just say for the sake of argument that somehow Zelina Vega would get out of her contract. So you've got Zelina Vega as, as kind of the 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 puppet master, right? Right. And then you've got Alistair Black and you've got Andrade, you've got Penta gone black you've got the black phoenix the you black phoenix have, is so cool bro i'm not gonna could, lie you could have the black dragon you could have la bestia del ring <laughs> and you could have roosh Oof. all inside of this 
that's a fucking scary faction, bro. Not just a like, scary faction, but a faction full of attitude, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah, just and take, it, take the best of the Malachi Black Evil and Darkness gimmick and combine it with Ingobernal. It no. would work, bro. It would fucking work. Especially if they come out with their masks as Black well. Black suits and shit. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Man, that would so work. Heck, even if you have Tetsuya Naito turn up in AEW and he's part of that fucking crew too, just, you know, while he's in AEW, fuck yeah, bro. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, it and works. And now I'm imagining the tag team in my brain of the Black Dragon and the Black Phoenix. <sighs> shit. That's money, bro. Fuck, man. It's money. It's pesos, bro. It's pesos. Oh, yeah. You, you, it'd be like, <laughs> it, it would be like in the, the, the bull ring in Tijuana. People would be like throwing money at the ring and shit. I mean. Coins, <laughs> though. Coins. Rain money. It'd be like Okada was in the fucking ring. It's uh, the rain, man. Uh, oh, Rush dude. be all about that shit, man. Somehow. Hey. Somehow that match has got to happen. Somehow I got to get Kazuchika Okada versus Roosh. Like that's a dream Ugh. match that somehow has to happen. And everybody that just watches American wrestling is just like, huh? Dude, think about it too. I mean, else the oh, black comes great. out with a suit as well lately, right? I mean, he's yes. wearing the suit. He's wearing the, the slacks. It's if, if this is where they're going, bro, then fucking I'll give Tony Khan some fucking credit, bro. That is what you call great storytelling. If, if that's where we're going, right? And there's only one man that can take him down. You know and who who's that, that man is? Who's that? He's a bastard. <laughs> Just think of all the singles matches that you could get Pac in. Oh, that'll be off the off the hook, dude. And with Andrade as like, you know, the final boss. <laughs> But as La so Sombra, I'd love to see him as so La Sombra. So he right. thinks he thinks that Andrade is the final boss. So then, who's the final boss? And then in comes Roosh. Oh, like that's how you debut Roosh. Like <laughs> oh shit! Bullhorn mask and oh. shit. In the black suit as well. Fuck yeah, dude! Oh man, that's that's great fantasy booking. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Because the thing is, man, now you've given me hope, right? Again, and I hate having hope, Jago. I hate having hope, especially in the world of professional wrestling. I don't like it because it always lets me down, bro. But, man, it's so easy to fucking do this shit, man. Come on, TK. If you ever hear us, please do something like this, man. Adventure, excitement, a Jedi crave not these things. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then drop us one of those five stars. Help us out in the algos. You can find the blow off at theblowoff.com at blowoffpod. Also over at atmarkmedia.com. And of course, as part of the Hameen Media Group at channelattitude.com. You can keep up with me across social media platforms at not Jargo, michaeljargo.com, Jimmy T of the PWC, the C-O-V-I-D-K-I-D. <laughs> How do the peeps, the freaks, and the Greeks keep up with you? Well, first of all, man, it's been a little slow at the PWC lately because I've been crook, man. I just haven't had the energy to be doing a lot of shows lately. It's been tough, bro, with this COVID crap. One minute you think you're better than the next minute you're not. It's it's kind of weird. But things are going to get rolling once again tonight, man, with the skirmish. So we'll be back as of tonight. And you can find me on uh, on Twitter at PWC or at DJ Mass Effects. So uh, that's about it, man. Fantastic. We will talk to you next week. We will be back on Saturday with Dynamite moving back to Wednesday this week. Thank you for putting up with a little bit of the schedule change. Of course, as soon as we launch the show, then AEW has got to go and screw everything around. If you have (laughs) topics for the show, hit us at theblowoffpod at gmail.com. Until then, we will talk to you next week. For now, we are off like a prom dress. See ya. Peace.